0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk Podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk. With al Saleh and Hani Balkas. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I hope you're all having a blessed afternoon. It is one day until the weekend and I'm sure everyone is excited to get to rest and relax this weekend. You're listening to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest in robotics, artificial intelligence, gadgets and applications. All that you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE and around the world is being brought to you right here on Pulse95. Lots and lots is happening in the tech world today. Facebook is making headlines because they are currently working on an artificial intelligence that can actually predict the likelihood of someone having their COVID-19 symptoms becoming worse. How efficient is this AI? We're going to be giving you all those details in just a few moments. But up in space, lots is happening as well because... Branson is actually working on a Virgin Orbit launch and a lot of people have been astonished by this launch because it is a rocket that is coming right out of the wing of a plane. How did that work out? Now, that's something I'm excited to talk to you about. Coming up on the show as well, right here in the UAE, one student has actually created a wearable exoskeleton that is providing relief to all arthritis patients. This exoskeleton may just change the game for any person with arthritis, and we're going to tell you exactly how that will be happening. But in the world of gadgets, lots is happening as well because Apple is planning to launch... Two MacBook Pro laptops with a brand new design, a magnetic charger, and this is all according to the analysts that have been following up on Apple's latest launches. In the world of cars, there's a lot happening as well, because Mercedes has actually revealed a giant 56-inch AI-enabled hyperscreen for its upcoming electric cars. Now, that is a car I'm sure everyone wants to go ahead and grab. Lots and Lots is in store right here on the show, so make sure you keep Pulse95 locked, and we'll be right back. Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. Today, Facebook is making headlines, not in any privacy issues, but rather with a very interesting invention that they're currently working on. Facebook is developing an artificial intelligence that can predict the likelihood of... A person's COVID-19 symptoms to go ahead and worsen. Artificial intelligence researchers at Facebook claim that this machine is actually very accurate. Now, a lot of you may be wondering, what's the basis behind all of this? How can an AI find out if someone's, you know, symptoms are going to worsen? It's not like the AI has a crystal globe that they're looking into the future through. But the reality behind it all is it lies in the chest x-rays that many doctors and nurse practitioners go ahead and collect for COVID-19 patients. Now, these x-rays can help the AI determine if someone's need for oxygen will increase and if someone's lungs are deteriorating. Now, Facebook says that the software could actually help doctors avoid sending any at-risk patients home too early, which is an issue that we've been finding in a lot of countries around the world. They send patients too early back home thinking that they're doing just fine, only to find out not even a few days later, sometimes it's a few hours later, that they need hospitalization once again. This is also helping a lot of hospitals monitor their oxygen demand because at the end of the day, AI can definitely predict what's going to happen based on the trends and based on the patterns of data that we go ahead and provide it with. Now, Facebook has been working with academics at NYU University and they've been working alongside the Department of Radiology on the research. They are saying that the software could potentially help doctors avoid sending any patients back home too early, but also planning the hospital's oxygen demands in a very efficient way. Now, the 10 researchers that are involved in the study are divided into different categories we have five researchers from facebook five researchers from nyu school of medicine and they have actually been developing three machine learning models in total the reason behind the the having multiple machines and not just one is because they're trying to study every angle in a different way trying to see which one works best One machine tries to predict the patient deterioration based on a single chest x-ray. So you give it one chest x-ray and it will go ahead and predict whether or not their case is deteriorating or not. Another machine does the same. However, it depends on a sequence of x-rays. The third machine uses a single x-ray to predict how much oxygen a person might need. Now, the model that they're basing their predictions on can actually predict up to four days in advance if a patient may need more intensive care solutions. So we're looking at 96 hours worth of saving this person's life and generally outperforming predictions by human experts. Now, they've definitely been able to show that the use of this AI algorithm, a bunch of, you know, chest x-rays and uh, human personnel helping out with those chest x-rays can predict the need for the escalation of care in patients with COVID-19. We've definitely seen a lot of researchers depend heavily on AI during the COVID-19 pandemic. Some people have only actually found out about AI ever since COVID-19 became a part of our lives. But this is all to show that sometimes we do need pandemics, we do need disasters to accelerate tech. And this acceleration shows us what works and what doesn't when it comes to involving tech in healthcare or any other part of our lives. But Moving away from planet Earth and going all the way to the sky and space, Branson's Virgin Orbit has actually launched a rocket from the wing of a plane. This is by far the most unique way of launching rockets. And it's all because of Richard Branson, who actually owns Versions Orbit project that was able to successfully fly the rocket into space from the wing of a 747-PLAY, which is basically paving the way for a new method of launching low-cost satellites. Now, this is not the company's first attempt. They did fail a test, and this was actually their second attempt ever since they they first tried it out back in May, and it did not work out. However, Launcher 1, which is the name of the orbit, has been launched. And everyone on the team who is not in the mission is actually going absolutely fast ecstatic about how amazing it was looking at it launched into outer space. The plane took off from an Aaron spaceport port in the desert north of Los Angeles and they launched the rocket over the Pacific Ocean and you know, looking at it, Richard Branson has definitely come a very long way he founded the Virgin Orbit company back in 2012 we all know the British billionaire Richard Branson and he has been able to offer a very quick and flexible service for operators of small satellites that weigh between 300 and 500 kilograms and this is definitely a booming market that we've been seeing all around the world but more specifically right here in the UAE a lot of satellites have actually been manufactured by students in the universities of Sharjah we've seen a lot of them actually launch into outer space and the reason why these satellites tend to be smaller and cheaper is because a they are Uh, basically opening the horizon for many students to apply what they're learning in school but also because this way you can send so many of them without necessarily risking losing a very expensive satellite now once this uh, satellite actually reaches the required altitude the plane would go ahead and release the rocket whose own engine fires up to push it into Earth's orbit and place its payload in space there are so many accomplishments happening in space and right here on Earth and we're definitely excited to keep on sharing those tech news with you. Coming up on the show, we're talking about an invention that has taken place right here in the UAE because one student was able to create a wearable exoskeleton that has been providing a lot of relief for arthritis patients. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Check this out. Check this out. The best type of inventions are those that can provide a solution and relief to those who need it. And this is exactly what we're talking about today. Because a student right here in the UAE created a wearable exoskeleton that has been providing... A lot of relief for all arthritis patients. Now, during the COVID-19 pandemic, we've seen a lot of inventions being put out on the market. Whether it was, you know, individuals who wanted to invent something to help out. We've seen inventions of masks. We've seen inventions of uh, different tools that were helping those who needed oxygen. And Emirati practitioners right here in the UAE have definitely been handling the COVID-19 pandemic in a very efficient way because of all of those tools and gadgets. But young minds are also pushing the envelope to make the UAE a breeding ground for all creative solutions. A teenager named Sara Naim Fakhri has actually built a wearable exosuit and smart shoes that help arthritis patients move around without being held back by the pain in their joints. For those of you who don't know about arthritis, it's definitely a chronic disease that causes a lot of patients discomfort whenever they want to move in some cases it even limits their movement and over time it only gets worse so for such an invention to be able to maintain the quality of life for those patients this will definitely be very much appreciated by them now the student has come up with the assistive exoskeleton for the upcoming expo of 2021 and she's seeking to help old people mostly those who are affected by arthritis to regain their normal you know, human body functions. The products uh, that she's working on, which is basically an exosuit, so it's a whole suit that attaches to your body and it's connected with smart shoes that uh, also help out with the movement. Both products actually imitate the motion of our muscles, so this will help provide a lot of support that is needed by people uh, whose motion has been restricted due to this condition. Now, smart shoes and a smart suit are meant for addressing the early symptoms of the illness, which can definitely cut down the usual delay in the treatment of arthritis before it gets to the severe stage. The exoskeleton can help people who are already suffering from pain when the disease is already in advanced stages. So it's very interesting that this young teenager was able to take both ends of the spectrum into consideration. Those with early stages and those with advanced stages. Now, this innovation follows the display of a similar wearable robot that was actually invented by Panasonic. Now, the robot can actually support the patients that are being, uh, you know, or suffering with this disease, but they can also help out nursing professionals who are constantly trying to carry up those patients, trying to reduce the pressure on their spine as they are receiving the treatment. Tech in healthcare has definitely played a very crucial role during the COVID-19 pandemic, but it's stretching beyond that. The medical community in the country has continued to display all the capabilities in trying to fuse tech with solving different issues, whether it was in managing patients, scheduling teleconsultations, text, you know, scheduling different uh, medications to be received to these patients, but also in helping them maneuver in their day-to-day activities. Nowadays, receiving a certain you know diagnosis of a chronic illness or a chronic disease does not necessarily mean that your life is over. Sometimes it only means that your life is just beginning, and this is what we've been seeing with different innovations that have been entering the market. Let us know your thoughts. Our text line are open for 215 do it to a lot or sign into RDMs at Pulse95 Radio what do you think of this wearable exoskeleton and what is one invention that you wish you could pitch into the market if you were to go ahead and create one coming up on the show we still have lots and lots in store for you all we're going to be talking about Apple because there are a lot of analysts that are speculating that they are going to be soon launching two MacBook Pro laptops with a new design and a magnetic charger This is Pulse95. Gadget of the day. New tech you might want to play with. Pulse95. Analysts do love to find out what Apple is up to, especially because Apple does love its secrecy and a lot of people tend to be very excited about what's coming up for Apple's gadgets. But today we're talking about an analyst named Michio Ku, who actually thought of... Looking up what is going on with Apple and MacBooks, (laughs) it's definitely a different area of analysis in comparison to the typical. A lot of people go after the iPhones, the Apple Watches, but never the MacBook Pros. Now, his latest analysis showcases that Apple is planning to launch two MacBook Pro laptops with a brand new design. And hear this, ladies and gentlemen. Apple is working on a magnetic charger for its MacBook computers. Now, this is definitely going to be a completely different way of charging your laptop. Now this year uh, especially back in 2020 there wasn't much of a change to the typical apple macbook design but in the upcoming years apple is definitely considering to change that up so even though last year it launched the 13 inch macbook and the 16 inch macbook they are currently there is a lot of analysis that they're working on a 14 and a 6 inch 16 inch screen so instead of getting the 13 inch screen you're getting a little bit of an upgrade and then you have your typical 16-inch MacBook. Now, the new design will also mean that we have MagSafe charging ports coming up on the table. So, these were usually they used to appear back in the day for MacBook designs before Apple actually moved to the USB-C charging in recent years. People did love the did like the magnetic charging. I personally loved it. It was just easier than plugging in the USB-C and people really liked how the cord pops in and pops out uh, pretty easily but also you know having it be magnetic means less time spent on charging however there was one big downfall which is the fact that the laptop charger was being damaged a lot faster and the reason behind it is because someone can pull it out easily so that means that you know They're also damaging the charger a lot faster, but it's also reducing the risk on the laptop itself because whenever the charging plug is pulled out, the whole laptop is not falling along with it. Now, Apple Apple recently revived the MagSafe branding with the latest iPhone 12 model that also did feature charging it with a magnetic puck that actually attaches to the back of the phone. This was not the the phone charger that comes with the iPhone 12. Just a mere reminder, the new iPhone 12s don't even come with a charger. However, people can go ahead and purchase that charger separately. The MacBook Pro has not changed, though, in form and in design for about five years now. And they do believe that the launch of the two new design MacBook Pros in the third quarter of this year will attract customers' attention and it will definitely boost that replacement demand. Now. Apple is planning to also, these are all speculation by an analyst, but they are planning to get rid of the curved edges in the MacBook Pros. And I wouldn't be surprised uh, about that because they also did get rid of those curved edges in the iPhone 12. The iPhone 12 reminds me a lot of the older iPhone models. It's very sleek, but also pretty bulky in comparison to the curved edges that we used to see with older iPhones so they're planning to do a very similar thing with their MacBook Pros they want to make the edges look a bit more like the angled edges of the iPhone 12 the iPad Air and the iPad Pro but Apple is also planning to remove the touch bar that allows a lot of people to tap into shortcuts on a touch screen that is found on the top of the keyboard. Now, for those of you who have not seen it, I can show you on our YouTube channel, Pulse95 Radio, if you were to head there, you'll see the touchpad or a touch bar right around there. And you can actually adjust the audio, you can adjust the brightness, you can even minimize and move across tabs using this touch bar. But a lot of people have been Saying that these touch bars are basically whenever the laptop is breaking the first thing that breaks is the touch bar. So this is one of the reasons why a lot of people have actually appreciated not having it on the market. And they are definitely complaining of constantly having to replace the laptop because that's the first thing that gets damaged. However, I do really enjoy having that touch bar. You know, I used to have the older version of the MacBook Pro that was, you know, it was launched back in 2015 and it did not come with a touch bar. And let me tell you, It was just not as efficient. Um, So I'm really sad that they want to remove the touch bar. Another thing that Apple is also going to be including in its computers is their brand new M1 chip that uh, older laptops have also had it now. So older, we're talking about the 2020 versions, but since we're in 2021, that means it's a little bit older. So the 2020 uh, MacBook Pros that were launched after uh, the iPhone 12 was launched did include the new M1 chip that basically marked the end of apple's collaboration with intel however they still look the same so the brand new laptops that are going to be coming out in the third quarter of 2021 will also have these m1 chips that people say are much faster much more efficient you know reduce the overheating of the computer itself so we'll definitely have time to tell if that's true Um, let me know your thoughts what do you think about Apple changing up the design of the MacBook Pro. They are planning on a lot more differences in the new MacBooks so that people don't just get bored of the same old design but I personally feel like if it works, why change it, you know? I don't mind them changing the curved edges into, you know, more angled ones. I liked it on the iPhone 12. However, a lot of people may just revert back to the old design. Saddest thing, though, is them planning to remove the touch bar on the MacBook Pro. But at the end of the day, these are all speculations by analysts that love to follow up on Apple's latest designs. Let us know your thoughts. Our text lines are open. 4215. Do it a lot or send into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Coming up, we're talking all about... car industry because mercedes is actually revealing a giant 56 inch ai enabled hyper screen for their upcoming electric cars and let me tell you this screen is not just amazing for the driver but also for all the passengers in the car to find out more about it make sure you keep pulse 95 locked because we'll be right back pulse 95 check this out check this out isn't it crazy how mobility has just completely transformed over the past few years back in the day people would ride in a train or ride in a metro or ride in a car just to get from point a to point b but nowadays people ride for the experience you know you don't just want to get transported from one area to the other you actually want to get to enjoy that experience and people are actually competing between two things speed and entertainment so which mobility tool can take you from point A to point B in the fastest time possible but also in the most entertaining way ever and today we're actually uh with our filmmaker Gabby uh, at the Charger Research Technology and Innovation Park exploring their skypods and let me tell you that mobility will be life-changing just looking at it they're basically hanging pod pods from a track that can go up to the speed of 150 kilometers per hour they can transport humans but they can also transport cargo but Away from hanging cars, let's talk about what Mercedes is doing in the world of transportation and mobility because they have recently revealed a 56-inch AI enabled hyperscreen for their upcoming electric car now let me tell you this hyperscreen it is gigantic (laughs) it stretches from one door to the other it puts carplay to the side it puts you know your typical navigation system to the other side because it is huge and it can definitely provide everything a driver and passengers would need now the hyperscreen is circulated by Mercedes as the biggest screen ever that was ever built in Mercedes-Benz. However, in reality, it's actually three distinctly separate high-end displays. So the displays are actually covered by a single curving piece of glass that makes it seem like it's one screen. But in reality, it is three separate screens that are appearing to float in the cabin. Let me tell you these displays and what they can do they're able to communicate not only with us as users but also with each other so they're seamlessly operating you don't have to you know click on one screen and then switch to the other no they know exactly what you're clicking at and one screen will copy exactly what the other screen is doing but they're also there for those who are sitting in the rear seats so in the passenger seats they're also getting the entertainment because This is a multi-seat entertainment screen. So it will provide drivers and passengers access to their phones, charging information, entertainment information. No need for Google Maps because this screen can also lead you to your destination. It gives you a seat massage and there are different settings to adjust that. You can access your social media on those screens, so you don't even need to touch your phone. And packed beneath that touch screen is actually 12 sensors that can give you haptic feedback during operation. Haptic feedback basically means that, let's say, you know, the good old video games, whenever you're playing them or the VR sets, they will shake. Sometimes they will vibrate to signal certain things. And this is exactly what happens with this car. So. A certain movement like, let's say, pressing a physical button may cause the car to vibrate. And when your finger touches the screen, this will assure you that your input was received. Now, we've seen this technology implemented by a number of other car brands already. It's not the first car that has ever had a big touchscreen, but it's definitely the most interesting one out of them all. Now, what's interesting about it as well is that it has other functions that every user can personalize according to what fits them best. And the good news for the front seat passenger is that their display out of the three is actually the largest. The co-driver display, so that's the person sitting right next to you, has the display of the co-driver can even allow them to help the driver with navigation. So this is great for anyone who's planning to ride with me in a car because everyone who's ever ridden with me in a car knows that I'm not the best at navigation. So the co-driver display can actually allow passengers to help out with the navigation. They can control music playback. They can even look at the vehicle information and alert the driver if they did not pay attention to a certain detail. I want to hear from all of you. What are your thoughts on this car and would you actually want to go ahead and purchase it? Our text lines are open 4215. Do it this a lot or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Future Talk is coming to an End, but we are definitely opening the airwaves for the only place to be at three the halftime show with Omar You got it right today. <laughs> I got it right today. <laughs> Yesterday was the only place to be at four, you guys. <laughs> Are you, that's a great show, by the way. It is a great show. They were talking all about popcorn. Pop, see, I missed that. Now I need to catch up on They left me craving YouTube. popcorn all day. Really? I'm trying to be good this month, <laughs> so let's see how it goes. But listen, coming up on the, on the show today, do we need a why to endure a how? And Ooh. one of the things that we question a lot of the times is purpose. Mm-hmm. Whether it comes through sports or whether it comes through life or even just a simple goal you want to achieve, being the New Year's resolution, I think a lot of people are asking themselves, what is their why? And that is something we're covering on the show today through examples of athletes, but also through everyday people. What a great topic, because especially around the, uh, J- January, I mm-hmm. feel like New Year to people, it's just January. February, resolutions fly out of, outside the window. <laughs> but especially with resolutions, a lot of people set goals without mm-hmm. necessarily knowing why they're setting them. You know, they see their friends, their family, yeah. they want to get fit. So, oh, OK, let's get fit with them. Yeah. Do you have any goals this month? this month or this year this year yes not this month well i like <laughs> to stay short term and then we go long term after true that. i agree with that yes there are a lot of goals apart from being a fantastic person oh anything thanks. else <laughs> well i guess it's just uh, it's more emotional work than actual physical fitness or things like that mm-hmm. so that I think still that's counts emotional fitness is true. huge agreed <laughs> what are your goals I got a lot of goals Oh, Well, they have three to four. I almost said four to five. They have three to four (laughs) to find out exactly what are Omar Duri's goals, but also what you can do to find out why you have those goals. Make sure you keep Pulse95 locked. His show is kicking off in just a few moments. You can catch us again later, same time, same place, tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.